Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Here's a shot. Henderson made a wild stab for spell. Here's another shot right by the door. September 28, 1972, Paul Henderson scored the goal that (laughs) helped Canada survive. In the previous 26 days, a lot of things had happened. It all began September 2nd, 1972. Now, all of you who watch hockey today, who weren't around in 72, you're used to international players in the NHL and playing in Canada, the United States. Didn't happen before. Certainly not Russians, because it was part of the Soviet Union. They all played for the Red Army, the best ones, and then they were part of the team, the national team, and we never got to our best to play their best. It took forever to happen, but it started September 2nd, 1972, at the Montreal Forum. The puck dropped. The country watched, and 30 seconds later, the scoreboard read Canada 1, USSR nothing. 30 seconds. I sat back in my chair, and I said, it's going to be 120 to nothing by the time this thing's done. Phil Esposito had beaten Vladislav Trachek, and clearly, Canada's scouting report of inferior Soviet goaltending was correct. Canadians were grinning from coast to coast. Six minutes later, the national grin widened. Canada 2, USSR nothing. Who scored that second goal? My guest did. We didn't know what else he had in store for us when games 6, 7, and 8 happened in the Soviet Union in Moscow. We didn't do so well. We lost that first game, 7-3. to three. Won the second one in Toronto, 4-1. to one. Third game was a tie. Fourth game was lost. Uh, we lost in, in Vancouver. Phyllis Posita gave the, the speech that everyone will remember, and then it was off to Moscow, and we all thought, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then we lost game five. And then Paul Henderson said, my turn. Scored the winning goal in game six, winning goal in game seven, and then you just heard Foster Hewitt's legendary call of game eight, scoring the goal. How are you, Paul? <laughs> it's, I'm doing quite well, actually. Doing very well. I, it's always, you know, whenever we talk, and, and you were very kind to me in a very difficult time in my life, and I'll never forget that. But here we are 50 years later. And those of us who watched every moment of that series, we have the opportunity to do that. We will never forget you rescuing this nation. May I, I never ask you this question. What were you thinking about before Game 8 started? What were you thinking about as a team? <clears throat> well, I told Eleanor, my wife, my gorgeous wife, after the first game in Moscow, and actually I scored two goals on that first game in Moscow and got a concussion. <laughs> the doctors, thank goodness, I begged them to let me to play, and they did. And uh, and so I said to Eleanor, if we don't win the last three games, we're going to be known as the biggest losers in the history of Canadian hockey. And we all believed it and knew it. And, of course, won the first two games, won the 
the last two or six and seven. By this time, we really were fairly confident. We were starting to get in shape. We were down. We knew who was going to play. And so we went into the last game with with a lot of confidence and felt good about it. But unfortunately, we were down 5-3 after the second uh, period. And uh, and, uh, so, uh, anyway, it, it worked out well for me, actually. On the last goal... I got to explain how this happened. We, our line, Bobby Clark, Ronnie Ellis, and I were on the ice, and we come off with a little over a minute and a half left in the game. And he sent out Cornway, Esposito, and uh, and uh, Peter Mahovlich. And then he come down. We just come off the ice, but he come down to us and he said, "If there's any time left, you guys are up." Okay. So anyway, the game goes on, and the Russians had told us that if the game ended up on a tie, they were going to claim victory because they had scored one more goal than uh, we had at this point. And so the game's going on. At the one-minute mark, I did something I never did before, never did in my life. Something within me, i got to get on the ice. We need to score a goal. And I started yelling at Peter Mahovlich, the left winger. Fortunately, Peter comes off. I jump over the boards, and uh, that's how it happened. That's just such an amazing story. And I don't think anybody breathed during great game eight. You may have been confident, but you made us scared because you were down to, as you said, after the second period. And then you step up. But you did it in game six, game seven, and game eight, which is phenomenal. Um, which one of those Which one of those goals, obviously the last one would probably be the most memorable, but which one was the one that um, maybe was the most difficult to score? Well, I think it, it, the, the best goal I ever scored was in my whole life, including the NHL. <laughs> there was a little over two minutes left in the seventh game, and it was tied. And uh, uh, Serge Savard hit me at center ice with a pass, and I looked up, and there was two forwards and two defensemen back and went through the whole boards. And, uh, and one guy tripped me just as I was going to shoot it, and I fired it right under the crossbar, and... Uh, and that's the goal that I wish everybody was, you know, watching the last 50 years. But, you know, Henderson makes a wild stab forward and falls. I mean, every hockey player loves to hear that, don't they? <laughs> but anyway, uh. it, you know, you couldn't, no one would believe it. And, and I, I, like, I never in one moment ever thought that I would score goals like that. I mean, we had 12 Hall of Famers on that team, and so... But, you know, your opportunity, the old story goes, you never know an opportunity is going to knock. The secret is to take advantage of it. And brother, I took advantage of that one. You, you sure did. But you earned those goals. And I remember you telling me a number of years ago that you, don't, you, you weren't sure where one of the sticks was, right? Do you know where two of them are? Um, this was some years ago, but you didn't, weren't sure where the third one was. Well, I had six concussions, okay, Roy? And now <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. Right, well, I know the one I scored the goal with is yeah. in the Hall of Fame. I yeah. gave it to them. Yeah. The other six that I used, they could be all over the place. And there would be no way to know which was which anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, for 30 years, a lot of us, many of us in this country who admire what you did, respect what you did, know what it took or have an idea what it took to step up and accomplish what you accomplished. And you really took this nation off the emotional hook. Uh, you belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It just makes no sense, none whatsoever, 
the Trechiak, who you beat more than three times, more than six, seven, and eight. You beat him b- before that. You beat him in game five. You beat him in game two. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. You're not. You've been very gracious about it, Paul. But the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, selectors need to rectify this. There's nothing more famous than the victory of Team Canada in 1972. And no goal and no performance is more famous than yours in six, seven, and eight. So... Well, I mean, everybody's got an opinion on it, but what I tell people, and people come up to me to this day and say exactly what you're saying today. But I think, and here's my honest opinion, there's a lot of retired players that had better careers than I did over over their careers, and every bit as deserving as me. But it, it, they have a selection committee, and so whatever they do. But the thing about Roy is, if they put me in, I mean, I won't turn them down, but everybody, nobody will be ticked off anymore, including you, and you'll forget all about me. So no. I'm a lot better on the outside. People <laughs> come up to me no. and say, you know, you should be and change the name of it. If they change it, change it, you know, the Hall of Fame, but you're more famous than a lot of them in there. So, but in reality, that's exactly what happened. So I meet people all the time, and they say exactly what you did. So I'm better on it. the outside. I've got every other thing. In the world, I got the Order of Canada and the Order of Ontario. I mean, these are things I get after hockey, but you know, and Hall of Fames, and that's other a lot of other Hall of Fames, Canadian and so on. So anyway, I've, uh, I'm a very contented guy. I'm very fortunate. I can't think of anybody in the world more fortunate than I am. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.